0: You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, March 31st, and Gonzaga is going to the Final Four. I'm your host, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Zags. We're flip-flopping things today. We're going to be talking about Gonzaga's dismantling of USC for most of the show because that is way more important. And then we're going to finish the show with some other news and notes. Gonzaga, second final four in school history. They led wire to wire, and the game was not close. Uh, they beat USC 85-66. They dominated from the very start. And honestly, it kind of seemed like Gonzaga felt disrespected by everyone saying USC could give them fits. The two narratives coming into the game were that USC's defense would cause problems for Gonzaga and that Evan Mobley could neutralize Drew Timmy. Well, guess what? Gonzaga has a defense too, and it's pretty freaking good. And it doesn't really matter who guards Drew Timmy. He scores on everyone. Gonzaga scores on everyone. They're that good. We know this because we've watched them all year. But there's always a thought, I think, in the back of most people's heads that's just like, you know, what if what if tonight is the off night? And what if Gonzaga somehow gets held to 70 tonight? Yeah, that that's not happening with this team. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen with this group of guards. It's not gonna happen with Timmy's dominance and that combination together, it just the, the team is completely immune to to bad nights offensively. Their bad nights offensively will put them at 75 points. Worst case scenario. And that that makes uh, the opposing team have to score 80. And I don't know many teams that can do that, uh, maybe besides Baylor. So I think that's the, the game that everybody has wanted since the start of the season. And hopefully that's what we end up getting here in the National Championship. Both teams are one win away. So since the tournament expanded, this is just going to be A whole bunch of stats for you because there's just so much incredible stuff coming out of this game. So this is just going to be a full-on stat blast for you. Here we go. Since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, Gonzaga is now just the sixth team to win its first four games by at least 15 points. The last team to do was 2004 Connecticut. They won the national championship. Gonzaga beat the 2, the 3, the 4, the 5, the 6, the 8, and the 16 seeds in their region at some point this season. Even if you want to eliminate the Norfolk beatdown, which is fine, they still beat the 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 8 seeds in their region at some point this year by an average of 14 points. They have led by double digits in the second half for all but 32 seconds in the NCAA tournament. None of these games have been close. Gonzaga is outscoring NCAA tournament opponents by plus 0.34 points per possession. That's more than it outscored that's WCC opponents, which is plus 0.32 points per possession. So they're outscoring NCAA tournament opponents more than they outscored WCC opponents. So I don't want to hear any WCC disrespect today. Gonzaga, the first team in Division I history to record five straight 30 win seasons. They're now 204 and zero. Yes, 204 and zero when leading by 15 or more at halftime in the Mark Few era. 204 and zero when leading by 15 or more at halftime in the Mark Few era. They're now eight points ahead of number two Baylor on Ken Palm. That would be the largest gap between the number one and number two teams in Ken Palm history by just about three points. Some game-specific stuff for this USC game. Coming into Tuesday, USC did not give up more than 36 paint points in any game this year. Gonzaga equaled that 36 paint points two minutes into the second half. They finished with 46 in the night. The 26 two-pointers that Gonzaga scored were the most two-point field goals given up by a USC since their final game of the 2018 season, so just about three years since they had given up that many two-point field goals in a single game. And on the defensive side of the ball, Gonzaga held USC to just 0.92 points per possession. That was their lowest output of the season. It was complete domination, as pretty much this entire season has been. And I said this on Selection Sunday. I said it again yesterday on the podcast. I said it again after the game. I'm just trying to make it a thing. Like, Gonzaga is a nightmare. You cannot prepare for them on three days' notice, much less 24 hours' notice. Uh, Andy Enfield, he became another coach who spoke the praises of Gonzaga after falling to what may end up being one of the best college basketball teams of all time. Um, In my preview yesterday on the podcast, I mentioned that USC really hasn't seen anybody this season with the type of speed and the type of tempo that Gonzaga plays at. And there's just no way you could replicate that kind of stuff in practice or prep. And you, I mean, you can't, you don't know what it is until you actually play against it. And by the time they figured out what it was, they were down 17 to 4. After the game, uh, Enfield was asked, What is it going to take for any team to beat Gonzaga this season? And this is what he said. Quote, well, we didn't do a very good job, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask, as he laughed. Uh, They have skill at every position. They're hard to guard because a lot of teams you can sag off one or two players at particular times. But Gonzaga is very skilled and very fast. Their speed is very hard. Well, yeah, well, USC was sped up from the opening possession, as was Creighton, as was Oklahoma. All three games, uh, they were over by halftime, and... Honestly, they did it in different ways in all three in all three games, uh, much to what kind of Enfield was saying there. Everyone on this team can beat you. We've seen it all year long. Um, against Oklahoma, it was Drew Timmy. He had a career-high 30 points. Creighton, I mean, McDermott, Greg McDermott after the game, said that they were actively taking away Suggs and Corey Kispert to make Joel Ayayi and Andrew Nemhard beat them. Well, they combined for 30 points, and they beat them. And on Tuesday, it was back to Timmy and it was Jalen Suggs uh, who stole the show. So it kind of feels like Corey Kispert has been um, not like cold, but not like, you know, his A-plus game. Um, and he's kind of, at least at the very least, taking like kind of a back seat to uh, whoever's hot on the given night, which honestly is the Gonzaga motto. But you look up at it, Corey Kisper's stats, and he's still averaging 17 points a game in their four wins. So it's not like he's playing poorly. Um, it's just it seemed like he's—especially uh, on Tuesdays, his three-point shot was a little bit flat, but he's still playing uh, at, a, at a pretty darn high level. And then there's Anton Watson uh, coming off the bench, and he's played fantastic defensively. And then you've got Aaron Cook, who hit two big threes on Tuesday. So all seven guys in the rotations make contributions— We know this. We've seen this all season long. Uh, But it's always fun to watch other teams witness it uh, firsthand. And then after the game, they talk about how amazing this team is in their postgame pressers. So it's very interesting to to see teams before the game say, you know, yeah, no, we've got a chance, which is fine. Because every team is supposed to say that when they go into the game. And then after the game, they're like, wow, that team, that team is pretty darn good. And they are. Coming up, we're going to talk about the two stars of the night, Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy. I've got a sound bite from Suggs that I'm gonna play and then I've got some wild Timmy stats that I'll share in just a minute. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate at all bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar madness. We are in the final four. Today's matchup is mint brownie Versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Go to builtbar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter to find out who makes the championship. Remember to use the promo code Locked Fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order. That is Locked Fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get all the sports news you need in under twenty minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's discuss Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs, the two superstars on Tuesday night that led Gonzaga back to the Final Four for the second time in school history. The first possession of this game set the tone for everything. I thought it was really, really interesting that Gonzaga decided to switch everything defensively, one through five, because it was pretty problematic uh, in the first half against Oklahoma. But they trusted Drew Timmy against USC's guards and they trusted their own guards to help, um, not just to help, but to front uh, the Mobleys in the post and then to help uh, on the backside of that as well to not get any lobs in there. So both they trusted Timmy on the perimeter and they trusted their guards inside, I think I mean, I could be wrong on this, but I think their thought process was kind of what I was saying yesterday is that they did not want to get USC. They did not want to allow USC to get hot from the perimeter to start this game because the, the only way that USC was going to have a chance. I mean, the Mobleys can go for, you know, combine for 40 if they want to combine for 40. But the only chance that they had to win this game was if USC continued to shoot the lights out. And so by switching, um, it, it, it doesn't allow as many. Uh, Wide open three point looks. Both Mobley brothers, they did end up getting their points in this game, but their role players, they basically did nothing at all. Uh, Isaiah White, who was seven for nine coming into this game against Kansas and Oregon, didn't even attempt a three pointer. Drew Peterson, who was four for five from deep in the tournament, went one for four. As a team, USC went four for 15 from beyond the arc. So the question about whether or not they would hit a regression to the mean was a very, very clear yes. And Gonzaga's defense obviously played a huge part in that regression to the mean. Like I said, it started with that first possession of the game. Drew Timmy pickpocketed Taj Eady, drove down the court, and then he picked up a foul on Evan Mobley after getting an offensive rebound. And it kind of felt like Drew Timmy took that defensive performance that he had against Oklahoma in the first half against Austin Reeves. It kind of felt like he took that personally, much like... Anton Watson took personally uh, when he got driven by twice in a row against Creighton and then had, like, four straight defensive stops. I think Timmy entered this game and said, yeah, these, these guards are not going to beat me like Austin Reeves beat me against Oklahoma. Um, and so he didn't. And then on the other side of the court, he finished with 23 points. He didn't allow USC to block his shot a single time. The Trojans, for as scary and as hyped up as they were supposed to be on that defensive end, They didn't have a single block shot in this game, not one. And it's the only time this entire season that USC had zero block shots. The number one two-point offense, Gonzaga, put up a 58% performance inside the arc against the vaunted number one two-point defense who was supposed to be this, you know, shot-blocking team. Timmy was named the West Region MVP, as he should be. Uh, He became the first player. This is, I don't know what why I found this surprising just because there's so many great uh, Gonzaga players who seem to have great tournament performances in the past, but drew Timmy became the first player in Gonzaga history to score 20 plus points in three straight games in a single tournament. Dan Dick out, Richie Fromm never did it. Morrison never did it. Sabonis and Wilcher didn't do it. Rui and Brandon Clark didn't do it. Norvell didn't do it. Nobody has done it. Timmy is the first one to score 20 plus points in three straight games in a single tournament for Gonzaga in their tournament history. Um, and it's one of the many reasons why, uh, A, he won the rest the West Region MVP. Very difficult for me to say. And he's also the number one player in Kempom's Player of the Year ratings. He overtook Luka Garza earlier in the tournament. And I think most importantly for him as a person and as a, as a basketball player for his career is that it's boosting his draft stock. If he plays two more games like this and Gonzaga wins a national title, you may not be seeing him in Spokane next season. And every single one of us will congratulate him and appreciate what he did. Now let's talk about Jalen Suggs, who is going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft. I said yesterday, coming into the game, that this was set up for Jalen Suggs to have a monster night. And boy did he have a monster night. 18 points, 7-11 from the field, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, Two assists shy of a triple-double, and he was just absolutely magnificent. Kind of in that same mold uh, of Timmy wanting to prove something against Evan Mobley, I think Suggs wanted to prove that he was the best NBA prospect on the floor uh, last night in that game. And he showcased it, showcased it in every way possible. Uh, he was excellent defensively, as was the whole team. He was just getting into guys. He was really quick in transition. He was smooth in ball screens. He hit a couple threes after not hitting many over the past couple weeks. I mean, he's just a total package. We talked last week uh, on this podcast with Brenner Green about why Suggs has fit the Gonzaga culture so well. After the game on Tuesday, he mentioned it again. And so I want to play a snippet of what he said in his postgame press conferences as he was sitting there with his celebratory net that he had cut down and Mark Few gave him. Um, sitting around his neck. So here's what Jalen Sugg said about Gonzaga's culture and his fit and why he's so happy that he made the decision that he did to come to Gonzaga. Coming here, I knew that we were going to win. You know, Gonzaga historically, you know, has always won and done a great job that I, you know, and got to the tournament, you know, and it's been a great team. In tournament. Uh, so that, 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 was, that was one of the main things. But also, again, I always talk about this, it, the family piece. You know, I didn't want to come be another piece of the puzzle. Uh, you know, just so they could use me, you know, for these six, seven months, get wins, you know, and kind of shoot me off to the next uh, part of my journey. So um, from the day that these guys started recruiting me, you know, they, they were straight, they were up front, um, you know, and they treated me like I was one of their own, honestly, you know, like I was part of their family from, from day one. I think that it's still, uh, over the years, uh, the coaches have done a great job in developing their guys and getting them better, and that, that's exactly what they're doing with me. So, uh, looking back on it, this is the best decision I've ever made. I miss football every day, but uh, I couldn't see myself anywhere but here right now. The coolest thing for me about Suggs that I've seen all season is his relationship with Mark Few. And you saw it again in the post-game press conference where Few had the net that they had just cut down in celebration, and he gave it to Suggs and says, no, this is yours. Um, These two guys – They have a legitimate love and respect for each other that is really, really cool. When the starters checked out of the game last night, the biggest hug that Mark Few gave was to Jalen Suggs. The kid loves being in this program. He's provided the fans. He's provided his teammates. He's provided the coaching staff. He's provided himself. He's provided his family so many huge moments, um, and hopefully he's got two more games worth of those moments. Suggs. Timmy, the rest of the crew, they've got two more wins before they make history. They're going to take on UCLA on Saturday after the Bruins stunned top seed Michigan in a, just an absolute slugfest of a game. Final score is 51-49. Gonzaga had 49 points at halftime against USC. Michigan scored 49 points the entire game. UCLA scored their 50th point with about a minute left in the game. So UCLA is going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, to score with Gonzaga. And obviously we're going to have plenty of UCLA content as the weekend approaches. But for now, just know that Gonzaga is a 14 point favorite in a final four game. That sentence alone just sounds ridiculous. Gonzaga is a 14 point favorite over UCLA in the final four. You want to bet on that? Betonline.ag is the place to go. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. College basketball, the NBA, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Football fans, are you ready for the NFL draft? Join Locked On NFL draft hosts Trevor Sycamore and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 draft prospects with team centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we'll wrap up the show today with just some odds and ends. Uh, let's talk about UCLA first. They are the sixth double-digit seed to reach the Final Four since 1979. They beat Michigan, like I said, 51-49 to behind Johnny Juzang's 28 points. Juzang has been their best player throughout this tournament and hasn't even been close. Um, they've gone from first four to Final Four, and their road to get there was all over the place. Um, in their first four games, they are down by five in the final 90 seconds to Michigan State before they forced overtime and then ended up, obviously, eliminating Tom Izzo's group. Uh, Izzo's team just couldn't make the one play that they needed down the stretch. If they did, obviously UCLA wouldn't be here. But they are, and then they beat, uh, they beat BYU by 11. They caught a huge break after Abilene Christian upset number three seed Texas, so they got to face a 14 seed in the second round and smacked them by 20. Then they beat Alabama in overtime, despite giving up a three at the buzzer in regulation. And now they beat Michigan by a bucket. So out of their five games, two of them went to overtime. One of them came down to the wire uh, in a final second shot that by Michigan. They had two good looks, Michigan did, um, to either tie or or take the lead in that game, and they couldn't hit either one of them. But UCLA became the first team in a single NCAA tournament to win four games in which they had a lower field goal percentage than their opponent. Michigan State, BYU, Alabama, and Michigan all outshot them from the field. Didn't matter. UCLA beat all four of them. They're 5-0 in the tournament. They're in the Final Four. But they're going to need a little more than just Johnny Juzang to beat Gonzaga because scoring 51 points ain't going to do it. This is the first time ever that all four Final Four teams are west of the Mississippi. Two teams from Texas are taking on each other, Baylor versus Houston, and then two teams from the West Coast, Gonzaga versus UCLA, which means we are guaranteed a West Coast team in the national championship. And the last West Coast national champion, as you may recall, was Arizona in 1997. So Gonzaga or UCLA looking to buck that trend and become the first West Coast champion in uh, nearly 25 years. All right, we move to the women's side of the NCAA tournament. Stanford women had a huge second-half comeback to beat Louisville. Uh, The reason I bring this up is because they have, Stanford does, Lexi and Lacey Hall on their roster, the twins who attended Central Valley in Spokane and won a national championship while they were at Central Valley in Spokane. So you've got Lexi and Lacey Hall in the final four on the women's side, and you've got Anton Watson in the final four on the men's side. That's three greater Spokane League basketball players in the final four. Spokane hoops have been representing like crazy in this NCAA tournament. Going back to Watson, Tanner Groves, Jacob Groves, Lexi Hall, Lacey Hall. Uh, there's just there's a whole lot of talent in Spokane coming out of here the last few years. All right, some other stuff going on outside of uh, the NCAA tournaments. We go to BYU. Connor Harding uh, is in his is entered the transfer portal. Um, he kind of got stuck behind a, a, a glut of wings and shooting guards uh, at BYU. Caleb Bloner had taken his minutes. Gideon George took his minutes. Trevin Nell is a really good shooter who ended up taking his minutes at the end of the season. So Connor Harding is in the transfer portal. The interesting thing about this is that his wife, Paisley Harding, is on the BYU women's team. And she was a senior this year. But the uh, BYU women's team said that all seniors are going to come back for next season. So I don't know how that's all going to shake out, but I think that's an interesting note. Connor Harding is not the only one. Wyatt Lowell, who was injured for most of the season um, and didn't play a whole lot, he was one of the transfers that Mark Pope brought over from Utah Valley. He's a forward. He's also in the transfer portal. And then Colby Lee also joining him in the transfer portal. He started 15 games this year, but he only averaged about 10 minutes. So Wyatt Lowell, Colby Lee, Connor Harding, all in the transfer portal, As is Jesse Wade. So four BYU players into the portal. And the transfer portal is just basically going to be a free agency period. Transfer portal is up to over 1,000 players. And the season's not even over yet. So it's going to be just an absolutely wild offseason with this one-time transfer rule. Nobody's going to have to sit out. Um, so we'll see how active Gonzaga is, depending on who ends up leaving for the NBA draft. Obviously, Jalen Suggs is going to be gone. Corey Kispert's going to be gone. I would imagine Joel Yai is going to be gone. If Drew Timmy keeps playing like this, he's going to be gone. What will Aaron Cook do? Will he come back for a sixth year of eligibility? A whole lot of questions. Obviously, they have their eyes on Walker Kessler. Um, They're going to need one more guard. I would imagine that's going to come from the transfer portal, but we'll see what happens. Just know that the transfer portal is up over 1,000 players, and it is going to be absolute chaos in this offseason. Okay, that's going to do it for today. The rest of the week is going to kind of be determined on the fly. I'm looking to get a guest on by the end of the week. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of UCLA preview content. We may throw in some uh, some Baylor and Houston stuff in there, too. We'll see what the rest of the week has in store. Don't forget, you can rate and follow Locked on Zags wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel like it, feel free to leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo, that's at S-K-A-R-R-G zero. And you can follow the podcast at Locked on Zags. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. And as Gonzaga is in the Final Four, always remember, it is a great day to be a Zag.